Episode 50, 27th of March 2012. Manchester's first rocket scientists. Hello and welcome to AstroTalk UK. ATUK is a not for profit amateur astronomy podcast produced by me, Gurubir Singh, an amateur astronomer based in the UK. For more information, see the About and FAQ pages at www.astrotalkuk.org. Robert Goddard in America, Sergei Koryolev in the Soviet Union, and Hermann Oberth in Germany are three names credited with the development of rocket propulsion during the 1920s and early 30s. Each led a very small group with more dedication and resources and working on a shoestring budget usually in their own time. Their collective efforts over time led eventually to Sputnik, the space race, and one of mankind's greatest technological achievements, Apollo 11 mission to the moon in 1969. During the interwar years, the northwest of England played its part too. In 1933, Philip Cleeter in Liverpool founded the British Interplanetary Society to promote spaceflight, an institution which continues to exist to this day. A little-known group established in 1936 called the Manchester Interplanetary Society shared the lofty idea of space travel and had the ambition and talent to design, build and test rockets that could help to realise it. The Manchester Interplanetary Society was founded by an ambitious and gifted 16-year-old Mancunian, Eric Burgess, in June 1936. Initially, Burgess used his own home address, 683 Ashton New Road, as the Society's headquarters, but moved to a founder member, Harry Turner's house, in Lonsdale Place, not far from Manchester City Centre, in the following year. Arthur C. Clarke, a then young and unknown writer, was a member of both the science and science fiction communities and visited Harry in Manchester several times and promoted both. Clayton Vale, a stone's throw from the velodrome in East Manchester, is now a small picturesque park with the River Medlock running through its length. On Saturday, 27th of March, 1937, it was more of a tip for the nearby coal mine and a site used by the Manchester Interplanetary Society to test launch rockets made by its members. On that Saturday, following five largely unsuccessful rocket launches, the sixth, constructed from aluminium, exploded, injuring three, one, requiring hospital attention. The event was heavily featured in local and national press. Malcolm Wade, the Society's secretary, said 29th March edition of the Daily Herald. If only the crowds had remained at a proper distance during Saturday's trial, instead of hustling around us, there would have been no accident. As a result of the incident, most of the active members of the MIS received a summons. They were charged against the breach of the 1875 Explosives Act. Harry Turner's summons is available online. Harry, like most of the members, was not 18, so his father, Henry, is also named on the summons. In the event, Eric Burgess successfully argued that they were not manufacturing explosives, but conducting 
rocket propulsion experiments. No one was found guilty. After the war, Eric Burgess emigrated to America and worked for NASA and the space industry. He wrote many books, including one of the earliest dedicated to rocket propulsion. Perhaps Burgess's most remarkable achievement is also the least well-known. Over dinner in November 1971 with Carl Sagan, Burgess proposed that a message from humanity should accompany the Pioneer 10 probe destined for Jupiter in the following spring. Pioneer 10 would be the first man-made object to achieve solar system escape velocity and, after Jupiter, would head on into interstellar space. A plaque was designed by Carl Sagan and Frank Drake and successfully incorporated into the mission in a very short time. Although Burgess was informed of the plaque prior to launch, the image of a naked man and woman was so controversial in 1970s America that NASA insisted on a news embargo until after launch. In 1962, Burgess became a naturalized American. A plaque on display at the Smithsonian Institute in America recognizes Eric Burgess's contribution to space travel. In Manchester, there is nothing to mark the unique achievement of Eric Burgess, Harry Turner, Malcolm Wade and others who were Manchester's first rocket scientists. In this interview, Harry Turner's son, Philip, talks about Harry, but first, Harry's widow, Marion, on how she first met Harry. Well, the first time we met in person was at the Glasgow Empire Exhibition in 1938, but we'd corresponded for perhaps two or three years before then. Philip Turner, your father, Harry, passed away in 2009 and during his 89 years he had several careers uh, amongst others he was an artist a radar technician rubber chemist illustrator science fiction author and he was fascinated by space travel throughout his life during his training as a radar mechanic in 1943 at RAF Yatesbury he bumped into someone else who shared his interest Arthur C Clarke what influence do you think Arthur long before his international reputation he has today, had on your father, Harry? I think there were two people who shared uh, a lot of common interests. Um, they were interested in uh, science fiction and uh, rockets and so on. And uh, they were also very interested in music. Arthur Clarke was uh, notorious for playing music at high volume. And uh, my father... Uh, used to uh, help him out by uh, acting as a, a DJ. Uh, Arthur is uh, alleged to have invented the two turntable system so that you could have uh, 78s playing more or less continuously using the two, the two turntables. Because <laughs> you only got about three minutes on a 78. What influence did your father have in your career? Because you, you do write some science fiction now, don't you? Uh, yes, I do write a bit of science fiction. Um, well, I suppose my career has sort of been similar to my father's. He started off as a scientist and so did I. But uh, I think uh, in his later career, the artistic side of his uh, talents came to the fore. In 1936, your father Harry was one of the founder members of the Manchester Interplanetary Society. 
What role did your father have in uh, MIS, and do you remember much of it? Uh, well, I think my father was uh, offered youthful enthusiasm, <laughs> and he also uh, offered the twin attics at uh, 41 Monkwood Place as some for, uh, for them to hold meetings. It was sort of, you know, plenty of space for them to uh, gather there and uh, sort of spend time and leave things lying about, which uh, you couldn't do in somebody's uh, living room or front room. Your father was the editor of the Manchester Interplanetary Society and he turned this house you mentioned, 41 uh, Longford Place, that was the headquarters for the MIS and the attic is where the meetings used to take place. Yes, um, I gather that the MIS um, started off at Eric Burgess's place mm-hmm. but I assume that 41 Longford Place uh, offered more room for them to uh, sort of gather. When Arthur Clarke came to your house in 41 Longford Place. He came as a member of uh, the Interplanetary Society or as uh, a writer of science fiction? Uh, well, it's a visit by the London Science Fiction fans to the Manchester Science Fiction fans. And uh, my father, the, the attics at 41 Longford Place were sort of uh, the headquarters of fan activity uh, at that time, just before the war. So at that time, I guess, there's, uh, from your father's perspective, there's not much difference between science fiction, writing of science fiction, and the activities of the Manchester Interplanetary Society, where they were actually really trying to uh, do real science. Uh, yes, the, the, the interplanet- the, there was the British Interplanetary Society, the Manchester Interplanetary Society, and uh, all the science fiction fans, they all sort of shared a common interest in space travel, and they sort of uh, met on this common ground, uh, irrespective of which formal organisation they belonged to. People like my father uh, sort of got to know all sorts of other people because uh, my father was doing illustrations for uh, magazines put out by the, uh, the people down in London. The British Interplanetary Society? Uh, well, the science fiction fans. Ah, uh, things like Novi Terrai, which was uh, co-edited by Arthur Clarke, uh, and the Fantast and Satellite and things like that. So there were all these sort of... Uh, pre-war science fiction fanzine sort of things which mm-hmm. uh, the Rocketeers were interested in as well. The MIS was not simply an armchair society. They actually designed, built and tested rockets. Can you tell us what happened on March the 27th, 1937? Well, what happened was that the MIS uh, decided to uh, test launch some rockets in Clayton Vale and the public got in the way. <laughs> and instead of obeying the notices to stand 300 yards away, or 300 feet, whichever it was, uh-huh. they uh, got too close to rockets which went bang instead of whoosh. <laughs> so the, the, these were the members of the MIS who built their own rockets and designed them and were using solid fuel to actually test by launching yeah. these, these rockets. They couldn't use liquid fuels because that was illegal. And uh, as a result of that, they were they received a summons. Uh, yes, indeed, they did. But um, Eric Burgess uh, stood up in court and said, uh, we are not making fireworks, we are making rockets, we are doing serious research, and it's not our fault if the public got too close. And uh, the magistrates bought his story. They were 
experimenting with solid fuel recipes to see which one gave the best results. That was the sort of the, the whole idea of the uh, the tests that they were doing. And uh, they, they weren't allowed to use liquid fuels because it was against a law that had been established in 1875. Something like that, yes, but uh, God knows what would have happened if they had liquid oxygen or anything like that. <laughs> The British Interplanetary Society was established in 1933 by Philip Cleeter in nearby Liverpool. Was the relationship between the BIS and MIS a close one? Um, well, I, th I think it was rather a close one. Philip Cleeter was one of my uh, father's favourite people, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm named after him. I think the various rocketeer groups uh, around the country had... Uh, lots in common and they enjoyed meeting each other and uh, talking over their plans and uh, rocket rocketry development and what they could find out about what was happening in the United States and so on. And the early MIS members included, here's just a few names, Trevor Cusack, James Cummins, William Healy, George Wade, Stanley Davis, amongst many others. Do you know what ever happened to them? Um, well, the only one I know what happened to him was uh, Stanley Davis. Mm -hmm. um, he was uh, injured in France in 1940 and uh, evacuated Dunkirk and died in the same year. I think Bill Healy was active in science fiction fandom, mm. but um, the war sort of uh, separated everybody. And then uh, when the war was over here in 1945 my father was sent off to India for a year so he was sort of well out of touch with everybody yeah. by the time he got back. Time and uh, international events dispersed everybody really. Thank you very much for your time Philip. My pleasure.